1: shorts weather I noticed (laughs) you're not the first you're not the only one I saw today no had a guy come in uh, to work today about 60 large human being wearing shorts Yep. and
0: there are guys that are bigger than me who in lesser temperatures have already been out oh yeah making it I've seen it yeah like today with the sun and the no wind was the first day I actually was like okay this will work but I, I don't know; it's not going to be permanent. I'm not wearing him to work. <laughs> yeah, right. But I mean, you can get away with that out if you got to go outside for a couple minutes, stuff like that. But no, and I think part of the reason is you just want to get some sun on your
1: pastiness, you know. Wow! Well, after the winter, it's just... I, I got no chance there. That's that ship has sailed.
0: <laughs> Fat guy, shorts weather, where it is just between forty-five-ish and fifty. That's when you start seeing the shorts on large, as as you mentioned from Coach O'Leary, large human beings.
1: Yeah. Got to be around 60 for me.
0: Is that, is that yeah. your minimum temperature? We yeah. were talking about that on the radio the other day. Well, and,
1: and the wind is definitely a factor. Oh, God, if it's 57 and not windy, it's fine. Right.
0: No, It's just been so cold and just so nasty. It's like it just feels good. Even if open up the windows, like you have your thermostat set at 68 or something like that, and you know outside it's only like 46, you're still opening the windows just to get some fresh air. Right. It makes no sense. Right. But whatever. All right, this is the intentional follow-back for another week. We'll uh, run down a couple of NFL notes. We'll go through the NBA slog uh, as they approach the All-Star break. Um, NCAA getting close to Selection Sunday. It's, what, a week from this coming? I think? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Because
1: it's usually the same day as the Big Ten tournament yeah, championship. Regular season ends Sunday for most yeah. of the big conferences, and yeah. then you get into turn- conference tourney yeah. next week.
0: That's that's going to be wild. Um, and then uh, some major league baseball stuff because spring training is in full effect. Yeah. Have you heard what's going? I, first of all, I have to tell you a little story. We'll we'll just jump into baseball. Right away, and then we'll we'll circle around back to it and just do a bookend. We're trying to air a few spring training games from down in Maryville. Mm-hmm. Opposing teams in their stadiums are not letting both TV and both radio in. Mm-hmm. It's one or the other. Right. Usually there's every game available on radio. And you can go to TMJ and they broadcast all of them because that's what they do. They're the mothership. We have a select few usually on the weekends. We don't usually knock out our local programming in the afternoon because they're at two o'clock. I mean that that, that just doesn't work for us. But we're now in the spirit, we're trying to get people thinking we'll we'll do that. Well now they are coming out with the fact that <laughs> they're gonna decide the night before how long the game's gonna be the next day. Six, seven, eight, or nine innings. Ah, okay. Huh. After our commercial logs are already done and automation has already been set up, so we program in a nine-inning game, and then we find out on an email from our contact at TMJ, oh, by the way, they're going to have a play a seven-inning game today. What happens to the other two innings and all their commercial breaks? I don't know. Figure it out. Hmm. It's like... We are trying to do everything to help the product, considering all the crap that we've been through, and it's like they're just tying a hand behind our back.
1: Yeah, well, that's that's big corporate crap. Yes. Yeah. And
0: that's, you know, it's starting to float around the office like, these freaking professional sports just doing whatever they want, and we just have to deal There's with it. So
1: much money. And they they give no regard because they don't have to. No, they don't have to. If you don't at want at to air it, fine. Somebody right? else will. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, now we don't want to miss out. Then you know what? You'll put up with it. Yeah. Well, it's kind of similar to what you talked about during the Super Bowl. You know yeah. how you guys got to do the Westwood one thing yes. versus the Packer Network when yep. they're going into the conference championship game. And it's like, yeah, you can bitch and moan about that. It sucks for the station to do it. And it, and it might not even be that advantageous for you to do it. But if you don't do it, somebody else is going to be broadcasting that shit anyway. And people are going to go there. Yeah. So if you, so if you don't want it. You don't want it, fine. Somebody else will take it.
0: Oh, man. It's just another freaking hurdle that just wants me to get to summer and just get past everything that we're currently dealing with. So that hopefully things, because honestly, I'm afraid that all this shit that's happening is now going to be normal. Like well, we dealt with it in in, <laughs> well, in in the past, so now we can deal with there's it. There's a
1: certain segment of the population that would be perfectly fine if it became normal, because they keep procrastinating and moving the goalposts on a lot of this stuff. Oh, but we we need some normalcy in in a lot of walks of life, but Man. especially with some of this sports stuff, which is why we're talking, right? You know, but. Whether it's these these basketball tournaments, whether it's letting fans in the stands at yeah. baseball and basketball yep. games, I mean,
0: you know what? It was cool to be at the girls' state tournament and have some sort of a semblance of like, hey, there's a little bit of buzz, there's a little bit of cutthroat atmosphere going on, there's a little bit of pressure packed. Well, even you in know? The,
1: the last couple games that we got to do in the tournament, where they allowed the fans of both sides in finally, right. yes. Um, then you actually, yeah, you had a little cheering back and forth. It was more, it was. A little bit more normal,
0: yes. And so I, I'm, I'm hoping we're gonna get some gradual, just get rid of all this special circumstance stuff, and just be. I, I don't know when that's gonna be. I'm hoping by at least midsummer, end of summer. But I, dude, I don't know. But. Anyway, that's my little thing for what baseball is doing to us right now.
1: That was your little rant
0: for the it's, week. It's, I
1: got some pretty good feedback on our our rant at so the end of I. last week. Yes. So, you know, maybe that's a, a new thing we might have to start doing. called brother love and have them just oh go to God. town we, on a topic. We'd like to get out of here under an hour and a half. <laughs> Do
0: we have any, anything left on the rundown? Have you been talking that long? Yeah, that's right. All right, let's start in the NFL. Um, the Packer fans were all disappointed. I don't know why because I didn't think this was going to happen at all. Um, People had their eyes glazed over for J.J. Watt, and he ultimately goes completely off the board from what people were saying and all the experts of the pundits because nobody put Arizona on his list. No, no, they weren't even talked about. No, you know, somebody came out with his top three probably six hours before he signed with somebody. Packers,
1: Bills, and... uh Oh, yeah. I can't remember the other one. Was maybe, maybe Steelers still because of his no, brother. No,
0: it wasn't the Steelers. I, I, I can't remember, but yeah. It, it's, and then he said Cardinals. Everybody just does a collective. Wait a minute. What? Yeah. yeah. Two years, $31 million. I mean, good for him, but
1: okay. Well, he's taking some shit for this um, because, you know, <laughs> I just want to win, man. Well, Mm -hmm. what does that mean? Right. You know, and that's what he was saying why he wanted to get out of Houston. They weren't they weren't gonna contend. So let me out. I want to go somewhere else and have a chance to win. And I think a lot of people are just looking at the Cardinals going, Yeah, they're not they're not a contender. And JJ Watt doesn't make them a contender. He does not put them over the top because now you've look at the division you're in. I like the team. Oh sure, I, I like Kyler Murray and I like some of the pieces that they have. But you were on went, them at the beginning. But they went eight and eight. They had two opportunities at the end of the year to make the playoffs, and they gagged them both up. Like this team's a long way away. They got to make the playoffs before they start what? thinking about winning a Super Bowl. I mean, they're not Tampa Bay, no. So it's kind of a weird. I mean, look, if he wants to go, if it was between fifteen a year and living in Arizona, or six a year and living in green Bay or eight a year and living in Buffalo or whatever. Well, I don't blame them for going to Arizona. It's not like they're a trash fire.
0: No, you can take the money, but you can also admit that, Hey, I got a better deal, you know, I, and, and I'm not expecting a complete backtrack, but this, all this stuff about winning just to get out of the Texans organization to go to a franchise that now in your division has the Rams and the Seahawks and who and knows? the Niners, who
1: are, are not—they're not, not going anywhere. They're still going to be competitive, right? They're not terrible.
0: No. Um, but now you're you're joining that for you know fifteen a year, and is it really about winning, or is it? I took the best deal from a team that is kind of good.
1: Well, and the Cardinals' problem wasn't on their defense last year; it was their offense. offense. I mean, Kyler Murray had to do everything. Right. I mean. He, it got to the point where it's like, well, we're just going to double Hopkins. Like, who else is going to beat us on this team? So 80
0: it, year old Larry Fitzgerald. But
1: I had said to you the other day when we were going to one of our last games take, you know, if, if you take JJ Watt, if JJ Watt was from Joliet. And not Pewaukee, and he had gone to Illinois, and not Wisconsin. Would you give a shit if the Packers signed him or not? Of course not. Exactly. So that's why you know it's a good thing that the Packers didn't sign him because oh, it sure. was a total, it was a total emotional. Of course, it is deal. But, but I saw so many people, and I and I was reading people that were trying to convince whoever that this was like the the move that was going to put him over the top. He could be like the Reggie White to Rogers' Favre, and I'm like, wait wait a minute. J.J. Watt hasn't played more than like nine games in the last five years, but once, like I'm sure when he plays, he's still pretty good. He's
0: got great numbers when he is, but is he's playing. hurt all the time, right?
1: So I, 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 that doesn't change as you get older.
0: People go nuts to a lesser degree about this stuff when the Packers draft. They always want a Wisconsin guy. Yeah, I don't.
1: Well, you well you know, the Packers I, have always been very weird about that. And yes. Very averse to taking that. I mean, the guy that pops in your head is Troy Vincent. Right. They passed Troy Vincent to take Terrell Buckley and that was an all time blunder back in the day.
0: Well and they passed on T J Watt, wound up taking Kevin King, and with a draft pick out of there, they took another badger, Vince Beagle, who got immediately hurt in training camp and has I think is on his third or fourth team and he's all he's been hurt since. Yeah. So I mean it's it's you know, yeah, the Badger thing is very is very funny when where Packer fans are concerned, and I try not to get involved because a lot of people are, you know, it, all it is at the end of the day is a good story. Yeah, that's it. That's all it is. Yeah. And honestly, you could use that money like I talked to some other people that were all about what to the Packers, what to the Packers. You could use that money in a number of different ways elsewhere. You know Corey Lindsley, they're probably not going to be able to resign Aaron Jones. Who knows? They might use the franchise tag for the first time in club history since it's been invented on Aaron Jones. You know, you got a, a couple of other free agents that you might want to look at. I mean, you know, Big Bob Tonian's a restricted free agent. Somebody's probably going to try to get him, and then you're if you want to keep him, you're going to have to pay him a little bit of money. You know, so it's like, like to pay even think about. Fifteen mil a year for this guy who barely plays I can't do it.
1: No, can't do it. Absolutely can't, not. I wouldn't have even done ten. No, no, eight. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'd think about that. So, so r- roughly <clears throat> half of what this is worth. Yeah, because I'm probably only going to get half of a half of half a, of a season out of half of, of his it. contract. You know. Yeah. So that's right.
0: Um, some other um, uh, some other moves for salary cap stuff uh, today. I know Buster Screen was really. Does that do anything for you for
1: for the no, Bears? No, I would hope. I would certainly hope that that's a position they can upgrade. I mean, they drafted the kid last year whose name escapes me. They got Eddie Jackson and Kyle Fuller. I mean, Screen was kind of the weak link. So yeah, they saved five million bucks. Uh, the Vikings
0: saved five million bucks. Rudolph, I didn't realize this. I mean, usually I try to watch some Vikings just because. You know, Jane's a, a Vikings fan, so I try to click them on. If, the, if the, He had, t- what, like 20, 20 catches, 25 catches, something? It's the lowest number since 2014. Yeah. He was just not there. No. You know, they they really like that dude from well, Alabama they got, ten, uh, that Irv
1: Smith Jr. Ten years. I mean, that's a lot. It is. That's a long time for a tight end to play. Yep. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he was kind of a fixture for, yeah. for a long time for them.
0: Yeah, and then um, my cousin Michael sent me this when I got home from work, and I, you know, you have it in the notes. Um, somebody, I, I don't know who Diana Rossini is.
1: Yeah, she's on ESPN.
0: Okay, apparently, an NFL coach anonymously told her that the cuts next week in the NFL are going to be a quote massacre. Yeah,
1: that there's. Going I, thought, to I s- found that very interesting. People there's, need
0: to start making tough decisions well, to get below the salary cap and floor, I,
1: man. And I think there's going to be a lot of really good, valuable players, plug-and-play type of guys that are going to be floating around out there. And, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why a team like the Bears hasn't made any, any rash quarterback decisions yet. I think they're among several teams for different positions. They're going to kind of sit around and wait and see what's going on out there. You know, I'm not saying somebody's going to cut a – legit starting quarterback, but, you know, if you can if you can fill your cornerback hole that you just created by getting rid of screen with, let's say, a Kevin King. Let's just say you think Kevin King's better than Buster Screen. You can get him on a decent deal. Well, now maybe you can move something else somewhere else to go get a Russell Wilson, a Sam Darnold, I don't know, somebody. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be really active. And it could be – I mean, the NFL offseason is really boring. They try really hard in ESPN because they're they're so in bed with football. To build it up. They really, really try to build it up. But, like, compared to the NBA, free agency is, in the NFL is, like,
0: nothing. No, because there's just not many deals that happen where it's like a Reggie
1: White where no, you go, holy not. shit. Yeah, there's not. Because – And I guys th- really – the teaming up of stars doesn't really matter that much in football. I mean, right. like if cornerback receiver, sometimes it can, but that's about it, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, I
0: like the NFL offseason because I'm just waiting for this deal. But usually what happens is you get an extension, you get a restructured contract. You know, it's not one of those things where there's a couple of big name free agents that trade teams, you know, every year, but, and then it's like, Oh, so-and-so went here, but there's so few and far between, you know what I mean? There's just not that many names floating around. Like I would bet you now, just according to this Rossini woman who's talking about this coach, you could probably assemble a really good expansion team from one guy at every position. That's probably going to be on the market. Probably from, from the way that they're talking about and using the word massacre, I mean and and it also makes me think so are some of these free agents that are com- going to command this much money if everybody's dumping salary cap money and numbers well, who's going to be paying for big time free agents who's got the room Right. you know what i mean who's right. who's got the 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 salary cap floor that there's so far away from the ceiling.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. If you can grab a guy to fill a hole on the cheap on a one-year $2 million deal, mm-hmm. because there's nowhere else. It's kind of like what happened with with baseball a couple years ago where the Brewers were able to get Mustakis for that one year for what, like 12-14 million bucks. That's a freaking bargain. Yeah, he wasn't going to be there very long, but for this one year, hey, we got a chance to go for it. Let's let's get this guy and give it a shot.
0: So it just makes me wonder, like with Corey Lindsley. I mean, they the management kind of said the other day where you got the vibe we're not re-signing him. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be he's gonna command top three center money. Well, okay, but when teams are dumping all this salary cap
1: cash, who's gonna pay Corey Lindsley
0: top three center
1: money? Somebody will. Somebody will because they'll dump somebody to get him. You know what I mean? Right.
0: So they're gonna hurt one other aspect of their team to try and shore up their offensive line which is never in my opinion a bad thing mm-hmm. but it's just going to be one of those things where you let you will you let him him and him go so you could pay that guy a boatload of money
1: second lineman on their second team usually doesn't pan out well no there's a, usually a reason the original team lets a really good lineman leave right it's cuz they're 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 banged up
0: packers have always generally been one step ahead on the offensive yeah. lineman for whatever reason. I
1: remember a couple years ago when they cut sitting and people were shocked. Yes.
0: And then and the then Bears
1: the Bears picked him up, and he was extremely mediocre.
0: Yeah, I can remember when Thompson got in, it was Marco Rivera and Mike Wall. I think they were the two guards. He didn't re-sign either of them. He let both of them go, and they were very average in their neck. Na- I think Wall immediately got hurt, and then and then Rivera didn't do much. But it was just one of those things where, like, you're the new GM and the immediate – thing to do is not shore up your offensive line, but he was looking at it. He was right too, because yeah. they had seen their best years already, Yeah, you know? And for some reason, the Packers have typically been really good at that. Well, it's the old
1: Belichick philosophy. You'd rather get rid of them a year early than have year. them a year late. Absolutely. Make so. sure they don't kill you. Um, there what was, do you. What do you think about this? The Gutekinds, I guess, non-comments more or less about Rogers extension or restructuring or whatever that they
0: may do well i'm used to it because that's what ted thompson would have said so i mean that's that's not news to me you know yeah i mean hey the the, the standard response is well we're gonna look at that yeah he's a good player yeah we could do that yeah we might take a look at i mean
1: do it's you think they're so gonna vague. do you think they're gonna do anything if there? i'm
0: rogers i don't know why i would you well dra- i thought he
1: wanted an, i thought he wanted an extension
0: that was brought up by florio Okay, and then it disappeared in about fifteen minutes. Okay, it it got no traction from anybody, um, and he there was some source that somebody used, and then I looked for it on a like to get a second somewhere else, anywhere. Nobody else picked it up, but but if I'm Rogers, you just drafted my heir apparent, and I'm already concerned about my longevity with the team. Why am I giving you a bargain? Well, all right. For sure. I don't know why I would do that. Yeah. And 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 trust me, I'm a team guy. You know, before before the player, but you've put him in a bad position already and now you want him to do you a favor? Right. Let's be serious. Right. I don't know why you do it. Well, um,
1: the the Aaron Jones thing is the interesting piece to me. Because if he's back, I think he's only back on the franchise. I don't think they give him a long-term deal. I just don't it's not smart to do. He's in football, turned not.
0: down one and he's hired a new agent. Yeah. Um and and the franchise tag number for a running back is eight million dollars. Mm-hmm. So that that would be his. That's number not killer. For, for next I don't year. I don't think for for one year.
1: Yeah. Right. I mean, and if you truly believe, if you're looking around the NFC, go, you know, and you truly believe that you are the best team, or you should be the best team, all things considered, and you probably were the best team this year, are you going to let a Pro Bowl top six, seven running back walk and try to replace him with a kid in A.J. Dillon, who's really a completely different kind of back. Very much so. And then you're going to have to get somebody else to go along with him if you also let Williams walk. Right. I think think short term, I think the Packers would be better to bring Jones back on the tag.
0: 100%. Um, If you let Williams go, I know I was having this argument with a guy at work, and I thought maybe you could use that – that num that money elsewhere, but that was when somebody had told me that the number was eleven million. That's a little bit steep for me. You know, I mean I know I know it's only three more, but when you got a lot of other stuff to figure out, you've got to replace Lindsley. Um, you know, they let both their inside linebackers go. You got Wagner who's now down on the offensive line. So you're gonna be hurting in, in, in a number of positions, but um yeah, and, and they're also there's a rumor floating around that they're gonna try and get Adams down from his sixteen point eight million dollar cap number. By either signing him to an extension or doing a restructuring. Yeah, I we,
1: wouldn't be given any fucking deals lot. if I was him either because you just had a ridiculous season.
0: No, right. Unless you want me to extend and pay this money on the back half of my deal. I
1: mean, he just had one of like the ten greatest statistical seasons a wide receiver's ever had. But well, his, I'm not taking no pay cut.
0: His contract's up after this year. Yeah. So I mean
1: Well, and I you know, that's one of those things too where if I'm Devontae Adams, I'm not signing a long-term deal if Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be here in two years.
0: Maybe he just wants to get paid, though. Some of those wide receivers, they don't care. Yeah. They, they just want money.
1: Yeah. I think he'd get paid regardless, though. But, yeah, we'll see. I mean, we'll he, see.
0: yeah, okay, so the Jacksonville Jaguars will throw a bunch of money at you to go to Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence in an, un, an unproven tandem. Do you take that, or do you take you know another year of Rodgers or two and then figure out what you got after that and and make the same amount of money to stay in green Bay.
1: Do you want to stay in green Bay? You want to live in green Bay for nine months out of the year? I don't know. I don't know any of these things. No, I don't want to live in green Bay. I know you do not even want to live in Wisconsin period. Not forever (laughs) for now. What
0: I I haven't been following what's, I mean, well, there's not a lot. What is, is this pissing match with the Seahawks and Russell Wilson still going on? Yeah. What, what, what's the latest on this?
1: It sounds like his celebrity wife Sierra is playing a role in this. That always shows she wants to live in a bigger market. Um, and I mean, let's just face it: Seattle sucks. It rains every day. They just fucking decriminalized heroin. It's a it's a fucking shit show up there. I wouldn't want to live there either. <laughs> um, but you know, it's it's one of those things where you know Russell Wilson, I think kinda likes being a little bit of a celebrity as well as a football player. I think Aaron Rodgers is the same way. That's why he keeps dating famous women. I mean he he's not dating anybody that he meets at the grocery store. He's got to go to Hollywood and keep finding these women. Right. There's a reason for that. They wanna be they want to be in the limelight. Um, so I heard the Jets, the Giants, um, possibly the Bears as some destinations, the Raiders with being in Las Vegas, you know, so a little bit more of a glamorous light shining on me and light shining on my wife market is kind of what it sounds like is what is, is what's being floated out there. How much of that is true? Who knows? Um, but it's not that shocking. I mean, I just look, you know, these guys, they marry famous women. I look at Dwayne Wade, like that dude's weird. Now (laughs) Like he married that Gabrielle union. Who's a beautiful girl, but like that dude's weird. Now he just, says and does weird stuff that he didn't do (laughs) 10 years ago when he wasn't with her. So, I don't know, Hollywood people are just on a different level, and, I mean, she's a singer, which they're on a completely different level, so who really knows the truth there? But, I don't know, Russell Wilson in a bear uniform, I don't think they got enough to get him.
0: No, probably not.
1: I mean, I, I don't know, I just... Bunch of draft picks for the future and, and I, I don't I don't know what that I don't know what that does for Seattle. That's the same thing with the Watson thing. Everybody's like, oh, they gotta trade Watson. No they don't. They don't. I mean, if he sits out, he doesn't get all of his money. So sit out. You want to waste your prime by being a baby? Fine.
0: But if you're the, you're the organization, don't you want to win games? I mean, are you really? Are you gonna be? Are
1: you gonna be any good next year anyway, with or without him? No, you suck. You know you suck. You need you need the. You know you kind of want to probably be bad next year in a way, but I'm not sure I want to give up my perennial all pro quarterback for pennies on the dollar to to achieve that.
0: What if the asking price is right? Or or are you still holding if, well, holding I mean, your ground? if and saying you're going to play for us or nobody else, your choice.
1: If the Jags called and said, "Hey, you want the number 1 pick?" Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Sure. Um I have to get a quarterback back if I trade Watson. Well, absolutely. So, you know, we if if the Cardinals called and said, "Hey, we'll give you Kyler Murray and our first for Watson." Okay. Yeah. I'd do that. But I'm not trading him to fucking Carolina and getting Teddy Bridgewater back and two <laughs> two first round picks that are probably going to be in the mid to late twenties because Carolina is probably going to be good with McCaffrey and Watson. You know, like it's like these basketball trades that happen. And, you know, the Rockets get all these picks from the Nets. It's like, well, who gives a shit? The Nets are the best team in the league. See, then, and that's what well,
0: that's what I was looking at when that trade happened. It's like we're going to give you all these first round picks, and I went, well aren't they gonna be at the back end of yeah, the draft big where deal. generally you don't get anybody anyway
1: yeah well the bucks were in the same boat the right. bucks are giving up their first round pick every other year for like the next five and it's like well okay but the guy that they're gonna get there is not he's just a rotation guy right I mean you could get super lucky and get a Brogdon which is rare or a draymond green but those guys weren't even first round picks anyway No, those are second round picks if
0: I'm wanting a first round pick you're gonna at least give me the top half of the first round yeah at least for
1: sure i got to know that wherever i'm sending my guy at least in the short term they're right. not going to be contending right
0: no if you're in if you're in the late 20s it that's doing me no good
1: i think that better chances than not next year on opening sunday both of these guys are right where they are right now
0: i would agree with you
1: i mean deshaun watson has made the i'm never going to wear the uniform again statement but we've heard that before Right, there's a long time till the season starts. You can smooth this over.
0: I mean, right now it just seems very, very uh, hot. It does. Um. So, but, but no, you're right. You got you got a ways to go.
1: Well, and the, the last NFL thing, Alan Robinson was on uh, Collinsworth's podcast today, and a couple interesting things came out. Um, you know, he was asked about his future with the Bears. Yeah, and he pretty much said, um. If they want me cool, if they don't, fine. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna make a big deal out of it. I'm not gonna hold a grudge and talk shit about them if they don't want me anymore. Mm-hmm. But I'm also not gonna invest myself wholeheartedly in knowing that they don't necessarily want me. Right. Which I think is fair. Um, but the interesting, more interesting comments were when he talked about the season, and he said he didn't realize. How much it was going to affect the team when they made that initial quarterback change in week th- in week three? Hmm. I think it was week three, week two or week three when they yanked Trubisky and put in yep. Foles, and it wasn't anything negative towards either guy. Okay. It was basically just like these guys are not even close <laughs> in comparison to styles of play, right? Because he was like Foles is like. Hardcore playbook guy, he gets to the line, it's check down, check down, check down, it's this is happening, this is happening, where Trubisky gets to the line and it's kind of a pre-play, everything's kind of already set, they're trying to use his athleticism, where Foles has no athleticism, and then the, the change in the play calling from Nagy to Laser, and they fired some other dude, and it's like, yeah, you when you hear a player talk about it that way, it makes sense why when you go back and think about it oh, absolutely. That, that the team was a complete fucking mess <laughs> and you know I, short of getting one of these two quarterbacks on the market it's not going to be any different next no. year
0: Maybe. no it's it's that's but i mean like you said if you're if you're waiting to see who's out there is there going to be anybody that's going to take you considerably farther than what
1: you've dealt with no, well i kind of feel like Unless they got, I mean, I, I suppose even if you got Russell Wilson, I don't know how much he's got left on his contract. I kind of feel like regardless, the Bears need to take a quarterback in one of the first two rounds. I just think they have to. And, you know, if it's a Mac Jones, if it's, you know, some guy from a smaller school they get in the second round that maybe we've never heard of but he's was a good player, I'm fine with that because they need to build something on the back end whether Pace and Nagy are there going forward. See,
0: but that's the thing though, so now you run the risk that if you suck again this year and the, there's a complete regime change at the top, now the new coach comes in or the new general manager and a quarterback you just spent a top two, you know, round pick on and they're looking at this guy, and like, I don't want this fucking guy. Yeah,
1: but if the quarterback's good, he's good. If you're good, you're good.
0: Generally, yeah. but we're we're getting into the into the Time of now, he doesn't fit my system. He doesn't do exactly what we want him to
1: do. Yeah. So, well, and that's why I, I would be much more, really, I'd be more comfortable if it was a second-round pick. Right. As opposed to wasting a first because you got other holes to plug. But, yeah, I mean, if they took some kid out of, you know, fucking North Dakota State or something right. in the second round, and I would have never seen a game of his, I'd probably be fine with it because it's something that they they need to have some depth there. Right. Because Nick Foles and, you know, Caleb Haney and uh, Chase Daniel and these ham and eggers that they've brought in in relief the last few years, not good. See, that's why I'm
0: I'm almost comfortable having still looking back at it, having uncomfortable having the Packers pick Jordan Love in the first round because the rest of their first-round picks never usually work out anyway. So it's like, who else are you going to take?
1: Somebody that's going to flame out in two years? Well, and, and if nothing else, you hope that he's at least competent because... Aaron Rodgers has been hurt several times. He could miss 4 games in the middle Goes of the season down, for any amount there's a of a collarbone and
0: you're done for half the year. For sure.
1: And you don't want to get into a situation that that you know where you're trotting out Deshaun Kaiser and Scott Tolzien oh and God. you know I mean it worked out the one year where they well, snuck into the playoffs but that was just atrocious no, football. No,
0: you don't want to do that no. again. No, absolutely not. Uh, Michael uh, sent me this when we were talking about the whole J.J. Watt thing, and if you can't come up with any off the top of your head, uh, I at least assembled this, and I should have told you about this earlier, and I didn't. So because of the thirst for J.J. Watt, think of the, the top defensive linemen, four or five that you've seen in your lifetime that you know are... Those would be your guys. What are your Mount Rushmore of D linemen? Just in your lifetime well, that, that you have watched, Donald. You you put him on there,
1: yeah. Okay, Reggie. Yes. Um, I mean, do you consider
0: LT a down lineman? He is not listed on any of the list that I have gone to just to check some. stuff. I mean,
1: I, I, I'm just kind of shooting from the hip here. Yeah, no, no, you know, absolutely. John Randall.
0: See, he would be on mine as well. You know, and my other one would be Bruce Smith. Yeah. You know, and then there's there there's a couple that you know, Donald I'm just hesitant right now just because his career is probably just on the downside or it's he's he's right he's peaking right now, you know, and he's still awesome, but I'm just waiting further before I include him in that pantheon of really awesome guys. That's fair. I mean, I mean does he deserve to be there right now? Yeah, probably. But he's also well, still who playing. Else, who
1: else did you have?
0: Well, I was bouncing around in between. I mean, a couple of guys I know. Jason Taylor's in there. Howie Long, um, Richard Dent's also been, you know, mentioned in there. Warren Sapp is. is big, Ooh, that's big a, a good one. Yeah,
1: Sapp was awful damn good.
0: Yes, I mean Julius Peppers was really good. Yep. Um, as well. So I mean, there's and then Strahan who set yep. the who set the sacks record. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you got a couple of these guys. I just haven't been able to decide on a fourth. But but my top three or kind of mirrored Michaels when he texted me, is Reggie, uh, Bruce, and um, John Randall.
1: See, and as good as J.J. Watt has been, I'm kind of of the same mind with him that you are of Donald, where it's like he doesn't really fit in that pantheon of guys, in my mind. I mean, I think statistically and accolade-wise, absolutely. But I don't know, I just don't think of him that way, but I maybe re- I maybe
0: I should. I just remember watching so many of those games and even to to a lesser degree Jared Allen because I saw oh, the Vikings all the time. There was like that
1: two-year two-year run where he, he was, was un- absolutely unblockable. Yes. Yeah.
0: But it but I mean, you know that and that's the same like I can remember Chris Dolman. Mm-hmm. Put him in that conversation, you know? So I mean, it's most of these division guys that I saw all the time or else the national guys that that got accolade that yeah, if you expand the scope and ask the rest of America, maybe they're not up there because they didn't see him as much because they're not as regional, you know. But uh, you know, yeah, it was it was just one of those things where he asked, you know, and where do you who who do you put on that list? Um, and I thought it was a decent question. Mm-hmm. So, all right, that's uh, wow. We got about half an hour out of some yeah. NFL stuff when we're not even in NFL season. All right, uh, let's move to the NBA. Bucks just wrapped up their eight game homestand. Uh, they got worked over by the Nuggets, but they finished 5-3 and three in those eight games. They got one more game. Uh, they're down at the Grizzlies before uh, All-Star Week in Atlanta. Um, Holiday came back. Um, yeah, I, you can pick it up from there. I know you were really stoked about their game on Sunday.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, they, they lost the first three at home, then they won five in a row, and included in that was they blew out Minnesota 139-112. Uh, they had a pretty fun game the other night against uh, the Pelicans, which they won 129-125. That was kind of the Zion versus Giannis battle, which uh, turned out to live up to its hype. It was it was a good game. And then uh, on Sunday, yeah, I thought they played their best game of the year on Sunday uh, against the Clippers at home. They won 105-100, scored the last, uh, I think, nine points of the game, um, held Leonard Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to over nine from the field in the fourth quarter. So that was a really nice win against a good team. They were trailing going into the fourth. They've been miserable this year, trailing going into the fourth. So I really felt like, man, this team, maybe they turned a corner. And then last night for whatever reason, it was just a, it was a really bad effort. I just thought it was a, it was, they had no energy. Um, I'm not sure what that was all about, but, um, Denver blew him out, and Jokic kicked their ass. He had a A triple-double, like a 35-point triple-double. You know, Giannis got his 27. Middleton had his 20, but nobody else really showed. And, um, you know, Holiday's on a minutes restriction. He played like, I don't know, 12 or 14 minutes against the Clippers. I think he played 16, 17 last night. So they might ramp that up a little bit on Thursday going into the break. But, you know, just nice to get him back healthy, kind of, you know, re-involve him and everything. Um, but, um, they're third in the East They're two back of the, of the Sixers. They're like a game or a half game behind the nets. Those three teams have kind of separated themselves in the East, but, um, you know, I think the bucks are good. I don't think they're anywhere near what they were the last two years, especially defensively. They've really taken a step back. Um, and that's what is allowing games like last night to happen. I mean, last last year, the thought of the Bucks losing a game at home by thirty would have been laughable. They were the they were winning those games by right. thirty, uh, but Giannis has said it a couple times. Like, you know, they need some of these ass kickings during the regular season to kind of refocus and continue to get better. Because I think I think last year they kind of fell into a trap of they were just too good. They were almost too dominant during the regular season, and I think that. It kind of lulled them into a little false sense of security, and then you know, then the bubble happens, and then it's a debacle. But um, All Star Weekend in Atlanta this weekend, everything is smashed into Sunday. Yep. They're going to do the three point, the skills, and the yeah, dunk contest at halftime up. of the of the All Star game. Are we going to have an hour halftime? Well, basically, they're bringing in four dudes for the dunk contest that are not. Well, they are still having the Rising Star game. I'm not sure when that is, but. Um, there's not going to be the the typical number of players there okay. that they that they would normally have, um, so a little more star-studded three-point contest than normal because it's only going to be all-stars. Well, that's good. Um, but the dunk contest, I believe, is all all first and second year guys. Okay. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, Giannis has been on a tear. He scored over 35 points in like five, four or five straight games. All Buck wins. So uh, things are trending in the right direction. I think the All-Star break is really coming at a perfect time for them. I talked last week about how many games they had jammed into a a pretty small window. So um, I think Middleton might have caught a break not making the All-Star team and, and getting a couple extra days at rest at home. And, you know, you just hope everybody comes through the break clean and healthy and ready for the stretch run.
0: All right. Um what uh, You got some, some news and notes from around the league. I know you had mentioned, and we had kind of talked about it last week, there's just not much going on except NBA basketball because, yeah, spring training, um, is it the Grapefruit League or the Citrus League? I can never keep that straight. I think it's the Grapefruit, grapefruit League. Yeah. Grapefruit in Florida and, and, cactus, and cactus in Arizona. Arizona. I mean – Not a whole lot of these games are televised. Not a whole lot of the stars are playing more than an inning or two or three or whatever. You know, pitchers are pitching one inning. Nobody's really paying attention. Really, the only thing that is kind of really getting the attention along with college basketball, which is winding down, is the NBA. So we're just, we're kind of in those sorts of dog days, I guess. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, normally this is happening in January, but because the league got push back a month it's happened in february and into march and yeah you're just kind of waiting to get past the all-star break see uh you get towards the trade deadline see if anything starts happening and with the shortened season you got the stretch run um so i'm not going to bore anybody too much with a lot of minutiae because i don't want to talk about the nba the way we talked about <laughs> the nfl because i'd probably be the only one doing most of the talking <laughs> But the Hawks fired Lloyd Pierce. I
0: did see that, and I don't know how bad the Hawks were. I would imagine they're
1: terrible. Uh, yeah, I think they're like in the ten seed right now. They're a couple games under five hundred. Okay. They spent a ton of money on Gallinari and Bogdanovich this off season, and they traded Luka Doncic for Trey Young. so they they've kind of hitched their wagon to Trey Young. It it's not stings. it's not going great. He's in the top 1% maybe ever of offensive players in NBA history, he's that impressive. He's definitely in the top 1% of the worst defensive players to ever walk into that league. It's a joke. <laughs> he's exposed nightly, and I don't know what they're going to do about it. Unfortunately, it sounds like him, Young, and some of the other young players couldn't get along with Lloyd Pierce. He becomes the fall guy. Can't imagine the GM getting much more than the rest of the year to turn it around. Um, cause they got a new owner who just spent a lot of money and he's probably not a real patient person, but you know, it's just another one of those things that the GM puts the team together. They underachieve. The coach gets fired.
0: Generally, when you see the NBA, all defensive team, or you get the defensive player of the year, it's a rotation of guys that you generally see year in and year out. I mean, just as a casual fan, So you mentioned that he's one of the top 1% of worst defensive players ever to set foot on a court in the NBA. Does a player's defense ever improve to the point where they are a complete liability on one end of the floor to the point where they're salvageable on one end of the floor? Absolutely. So he can improve. This is not just going to be his mark for the rest of his career.
1: No. Not necessarily, but the thing about defense is it's so much about how hard do you want to try, especially, you know, and especially with a guy like that, because he's got the ball in his hands all the time on offense. He likes to dribble a lot. So defense is almost his time to rest, and you just can't win that way at the highest level. He could be the best guy on a team that wins 45, 50 games. Can he be the best guy on a conference finals or a finals team? No, you just can't. I mean, that's why, you know, with the exception of like a Ben Wallace, most of the time the defensive player of the year and guys on the all-defensive team, they're usually stars. They're usually all-star caliber guys, and that's why they're so great is because they play both ends of the floor. Giannis, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, Kobe, Michael Jordan, That's why those guys are who they are. It's because they play both ends. You know, it's it's the Glenn Robinsons who (laughs) yeah, they'll get you twenty. There's a good name. Their guy got twenty (laughs) four. You lost by four. So there's Trey Young, same kind of thing. Yeah, it gets you thirty, but he's guarding Steph and Steph had forty two. He didn't really work out for you there. Right. So Okay. You can become a good team defender be passable, try hard, be in the right spots. He's a small guy. He's gonna If he gets switched on to a six, six or taller guy, he's going to get exposed. That's just life as a little guy in the league. But um, the effort could be better. Okay, Let's just put it that All way. Right.
0: That's fair. Um, what else you got on the...
1: Uh, Harden is back in Houston tonight. He said that he hoped that he... Basically, he said he hoped he didn't get booed um, for his... Asking to leave the team and Probably basically not. quitting on them. Yeah, I don't I, I don't I don't understand his okay. logic there. I mean nobody wants to get booed of but of course not, but let's you know, be realistic. When you come in fat and out of shape and quit on the team eight games into the season, I think you deserve some booze. Because you ran out of town and they didn't get to boo you. Short term. And there were no fans there no. at the time to boo you. So yeah. I think you deserve a little of that. Yeah. Um Utah still got the best record in the league. They're kind of this year's bucks. I think they're going to end up with the one seed in the West, and they're going to have some really impressive statistical numbers, but in a seven-game series, I just don't see them beating the Lakers and the Clippers. Okay. so All right, that's fair. Um, and then, surprisingly, Phoenix is up to the two seed in the West, overtaking the Lakers. Um.
0: But you said last week some of these teams are just like just get me get, get let's go to the postseason. Some of them are. We're Phoenix. Really matter. Phoenix
1: hasn't made the playoffs, I believe, since Nash was there, which is like twenty eleven, oh something like that. Okay, it's been a while, so it's been a decade. So they've got a couple young guys in DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker who haven't tasted the playoffs yet, and then they brought in Chris Paul, and he's kind of been the catalyst. It's, you know it was the dilemma of should the bucks go after chris paul and there's all of these reasons why not to but there's one reason to to go after him and this is the reason he just he's a winner and he's a big reason why that team's in the 2 spot but san antonio is in the 5 spot you couldn't you could not name a dude on their team could you
0: Is DeRozan still on their
1: team? Yes, it's the only one. Yeah, all right. That's it. That's probably it. I have no idea. Yeah, DeMar DeRozan. Yeah. DeMar DeRozan who...
0: Because didn't they they do a trade For Kawhi. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Toronto couldn't get rid of him fast enough, and he is now in year, I think, three with them. He's averaging... He was like this mid-range shooting black hole of an offensive player. I mean... I'm not saying he was like a bad teammate or anything. He was just one of those guys that if he got it around 15 feet, it was going up. He's averaging like almost eight assists a game this year for them. So Popovich is doing it again. He's he's kind of the wizard of of basketball when it comes to these reclamation type guys. Name so. me
0: three other guys I might recognize just as a casual uh, fan. On
1: that team. Lamarcus Aldridge,
0: yes. Okay. Um, I, I couldn't have told you what team he was.
1: on. Yante Murray.
0: Mm, okay. Yes. That's that's the, now you're 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 getting to pushing now you're bit.
1: getting to pushing me a little bit too because I haven't watched the Spurs all year. <laughs> okay. uh, there's the kid with the crazy hair. I can't think of his name. He's a guard, but yeah, there's not many. I don't know many I, more than hey, you. And I watch the league like a like a crazy person.
0: I'm just glad I got DeRozan yes. after that challenge. Yes, yes, attaboy. absolutely.
1: So no, that's that's pretty much it right now in the NBA, right. and you know, short week this week, and then the All Star game, and and then hopefully things start to ramp up for our Bucks
0: he <laughs> thinks are continuing to ramp down for the badgers um they lost again they are in danger of i i mean it's realistic at this point you're going to go to iowa city and probably get clobbered and in your last game of the regular season so they're going to wind up 10 and 10 um and they're going to finish the year 16 and 11 probably drop out of the top 25 but i mean when when you look at this and i'm i'm not excusing anything but the last couple of weeks They have played some really tough. I mean, the Big Ten, the upper half of the Big Ten is really good this year. Really good. And, I mean, the Badgers, I think people would have expected them to be with that group, but they just have not elevated to the level of the Michigans, the Ohio States. um, Who am I I leaving out? The Iowas, you know, the, the Illinois. I mean, that's... Those are damn good teams right there.
1: Three of the top five in the country, Illinois, uh, Michigan, yeah. and Iowa. Right. So, yeah, well, you know, and I talked a little bit about it last week. You know, the last eight games of last year were an illusion. They didn't really play anybody that good, and they were – and everybody on the team was really hot. They were just – Having one of those runs that but, sometimes hey man, you go on. Momentum heading into yes. the tournament, tournament is a scary thing. But it was a little bit of fool's gold for this year. Um, those guys this year, it's been weird. And, you know, I watched some of the Purdue game last night. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I didn't realize what was it I said today. 4-42
1: and 42 yeah, or something like that? It's bad down there. Oh, my God. You know, I mean, well, let's just back up. They lose right. to Illinois the other night, yes. 74-69, to in a game that wasn't as close as the score. The only reason it was that close is because Trice just started throwing in shit from all over the place. You're right, um, And then they lose last night by 4 to Purdue, 73-69. You know, I, I watched that Purdue game, and... For a team with a bunch of fifth-year seniors, they really are not that smart. Like, they made some really stupid plays down the stretch. They took some really ill-advised shots down the stretch that a team that has got a bunch of dudes that have played 125 games, most of them together, it's really surprising to see them make those errors. Um You know they're they're sixteen and ten. They're ten and nine in the Big Ten. All probability they're going to end up ten and ten in the league because they got to go to Iowa on Sunday. Um, I I just think this is a pretty mediocre basketball team. And you know they've lost four or five. They lost their last three at home. They as you stated they can't beat good teams. I think they were three and zero against ranked teams to start the year, and since then they're like zero and eight. And, like, the numbers are really bad.
0: Reaver said yesterday after the game, everybody above them in the standings, they're 0-7 against. Mm -hmm. That's that's pretty damning.
1: Well, right. You are, like Parcells always said, you are what your record says you are. Um, But, I
0: mean, I think that gets you out of that opening day of the Big Ten tournament. You know, yeah, I
1: think so. I
0: mean, I think I, I don't. Right think now, they're, among they're the, the
1: bottom four. Right now, they're looking at probably being the six or the seven yeah. seed. So. so, so
0: I, so I, I think they're out of that first round. Yeah. Which I mean, I don't know what that does for you, but.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's you know, they're just so unathletic, and they really just don't have playmakers. You know, Trice is okay. He took a whole
0: half to score any points, though, yesterday. Yeah. Like, he scored his – first. he made a three with, like, two-and-a-half, three-and-a-half minutes into the second half. He said, there's Trice's first points. I went, what? Right. How is that possible?
1: Well, and these other guys like like Davidson, um, Johnny Davis, Wall, they're not playmakers. They can make shots if they're open. But they're not really getting other stuff for other people. That's just not really in their skill set. So sometimes it can get really hard for this team to score. And it just seems like a lot of these games recently late, it's just been a straight scramble for them the last two years of just trying to bomb threes to try to catch up and hope that somebody else misses free throws to allow them to stay in the game. It's just not a, not a good way to continue. But they have a Brad Davison issue. Well, at least, and this isn't and, this isn't, and this isn't me. Weeks. This isn't my dislike of him. <laughs> his reputation is really starting to really hurt them. In the Illinois game, he got called for a hook and hold again. I saw that they had to go over and they had to go over and, 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 review, and review it, it. Yep. and I was arguing—well, not arguing—I was having a discussion back and forth with a buddy about it, and he's like, "They shouldn't be roughing him based on his reputation." And I'm like, "Well, but that's the point. He has the reputation. The referees are human." These guys, these are Big Ten refs. They ref a lot of these games. They know the shit these guys pull. And then last night in the Purdue game, he gets a flop warning on a play where it clearly looked like he just tripped. And he even said to the referee, I just, I just tripped. I wasn't even trying to do anything. But your reputation of doing the hook and hold before, of hitting people in the nuts, of constantly falling down and flopping and getting underneath people's feet, it's starting to affect the Badgers, and I mean, you just hope for their sake that, you know, they're not in a tournament game in the Sweet 16 in a one-possession game with a minute to go, and, and, he, go. and he pulls something yeah. and does something stupid like that, and they get a technical, because maybe they've already had a flop warning, or he gets an intentional foul, and it's two shots in the ball. I mean,
0: We've it's, seen it's a dangerous thing. We've seen this even at the high school level for for games that we have covered. You know, we've seen a couple of players get some technicals or act how they do on the court, where, you know, the officiating world is kind of a small club. The the skin has
1: never been thinner either.
0: And word will get around that hey, this guy is notorious for this. Yep. And if he starts giving you any shit, it's generally going to mean you're going to get it. You're going to get either a warning or a tee. Or something like that. Like you go into a gym now, and like you said, they're human. They're gonna watch you. Mm-hmm. Yep. For stuff, your
1: eye is their eye is on you.
0: Right. Like it or not, that's just the way it is. And mm-hmm. and you're right. I you know it's nothing against against the player whether you like them or don't like them. It's just that that's now it's just habitual.
1: Well, it's like and the it's not it, something you can just ignore. And it's kind of like the Grayson Allen thing where it's like because you've stuck around forever right? the book on you has been written right there's nearly nothing left that you can put into this book that everybody doesn't already if know
0: you're there for a year or two you can probably get away with mm-hmm. some of that stuff but when you're in your fourth year fifth year as a red shirt or and you've played if, if a lot
1: be, you played a lot as an underclassman absolutely. as well
0: yes so so people know this stuff is coming now
1: yeah i just hope it doesn't you know i Everybody knows I'm a Marquette fan, right. but I, I don't I don't wish ill on the Badgers and I don't want to see, you know, I don't want to see some of these other guys get screwed out of something because a referee's hunting for Davison. Right. Cuz they just think he's going to pull some shit. So
0: um, bracketology is out. Looks like an
1: ACC matchup. Yeah, I had the Badgers as a 6 playing Georgia Tech, which would be kind of interesting cuz one of Georgia Tech's assistant is a guy I grew up playing against, Julian Swartz. Who was the uh, was a first team All Stater and played for the Badgers? Was on the two thousand Final Four team. I
0: think I remember that name.
1: And then he had a uh, severe, 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 severe case of OCD that kind of right.
0: That's how I stopped guess.
1: allowing him to play college hoops. I think he, I think he oh, ended up at Carroll that. for a year okay. and played. But yeah, really, really good guy, really good player. Just had some. Stuff he couldn't control, they kind of wrecked his career. That happens. It would be kind of cool to see him coaching against Bucky.
0: For sure. Um, All right, so now you've got Marquette. And I'll let you, (laughs) you. Well, You were completely unenthused when I told you about that schedule thing against UNC. Then they actually got a couple of national pub lines when they went out and they beat them. You know, which to other people is like, wait a minute, what? UNC must be either really bad or hey, look at Marquette, even though they got a not a great record. Look at this, and then they they go out and they beat DePaul, and then they get their doors blown off by UConn.
1: Yeah, twelve and 13, 7 and eleven in the Big East. They're ninth. Um, I had no interest in the North Carolina game, which inevitably <laughs> meant then I watched the entire fucking thing. You know, and I was texting with a good buddy of mine who's a Carolina fan, and they're going through their own hellish year down there. Um, Even though the game didn't matter, it's still cool to play North Carolina down there, and it's still cool to beat them.
0: And that's kind of why I had mentioned that, because it's
1: like, well, hey, here you go. Well, in Wojo, one of the announcers said that They talked to Wojo Pryor about scheduling that game on such short notice. And he's like, look, we played at Pauley Pavilion this year. We're playing at the Dean Dome. And there was one other place they threw in there. And he was like, at the end of the day, it's a pretty cool experience for these guys to get to play at these, these kind of historical spots, these historical gyms. Oh, and they play at Butler, which is like Hinkle Fieldhouse is one of the most famous basketball gyms in the country. So, um, so in that regard, it was cool. It was nice to see them get a win. Um, you know, yeah, UConn, they they got their butt kicked on the road the other day, but then turned around last night, won a hard fought one against DePaul. Um so they're you know, they're gonna probably have to play they may have to play that play-in game against DePaul um to get into the actual Big East tournament. I you know, at the end of the day, I was watching them last night. You know, if they were around, if they finished five hundred or a game behind under 500 I, that I'm not going to I wouldn't kick and scream too much. They've kind of they've had a weird year. They've had some guys miss time, they've had some injuries, they brought in a bunch of new guys that weren't on the team last year. They've got freshmen playing major major minutes and starting, so it's not crazy to see them necessarily where they're at. I would have hoped for a little bit more, but if you think about it, it's it's not crazy where they're at. So they got one game left Saturday against Xavier who is uh, currently on the bubble themselves of getting into the tournament. So that'll be a good one. But, you know, uh, DJ Carton, their point guard, who transferred in from Ohio State, Dawson Garcia, who is a McDonald's All-American, is is a freshman, and Justin Lewis, who's another big guy, who's their freshman. I'm excited to see what those three can become next year. Hopefully that everybody sticks around and nobody's pulling a Hauser and bailing. (laughs) Um, But I think those three kids... You know, I'm not, I am not. don't even know that any of them are necessarily NBA players, but I think they can be good college players. And uh, I would hope that maybe that's something that Marquette can build around. I don't really know if any of their guys are going to come back and try to do the fifth-year senior deal that's being offered. And speaking of that, Kentucky, did you hear about this? Kentucky so. just passed a bill. They are going to allow... High school seniors, this year's high school seniors, to come back next year and play.
0: I did see that. I didn't read anything about Isn't it. Isn't that nuts? But I just kind of saw it, and then I glazed over it. And I, I, It didn't really register with me, but, yeah, I don't, I mean, for everybody that...
1: that I don't even know how that, that would work. Like, does, like do you do it? So I have your, to still go to school? That's what I mean. You've
0: probably earned your degree already, so does that mean you're just going to skip college or... Am I gonna go take classes at UW Whitewater and then come back to Janesville?
1: And you can't even date any of the cheerleaders because you're illegal now. You're too old. What the hell? Well,
0: it's the, we've gone from athletics to something else entirely. But no, I just I
1: found that whole thing. To, I, I saw that today and I thought, God, that's bizarre.
0: That is a little weird. Yeah, I don't I, I don't know any details about it, but I'm, I'm gonna have to go look that up when I get home. That's that's very odd.
1: But uh, Bracketology, eight, down to eight Big Ten teams. Down to. Uh, Indiana and Rutgers right now are on the outside looking in. That's okay. Uh, Michigan and Illinois both Man. won seeds, even though Illinois just absolutely
0: throttled them. Put a hurting
1: on Michigan. And that
0: was without... Uh, the best guy. Yeah.
1: So, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Yeah, I don't either. But uh, that was really anything. quite impressive when yes. I saw that yesterday. Five Big East teams are in. Yeah. Um, Kansas is is finally up to kind of where you normal normally see them. They're on the three seed line. Carolina hanging on at the ten seed after losing to Marquette, then they beat Florida State, who's a top ten team, and then the other night, whoever they played that sucked, they got beat by North Carolina. So they're just a mess. Their guards are bad. Um, they're just they're big, and I don't know. Still no Duke or Kentucky. Duke's. That on the bubble, that
0: won't break my heart. Kentucky, if I, don't see that I
1: don't think Kentucky's got a shot unless they win their conference tournament. But
0: I always like conference tournaments because you get the unbridled joy from somebody from the Patriot League, the Summit League, or whoever the Big Sky. But or I don't, whatever. I
1: don't know if those are all happening. I'm not sure. How are they filling the? Well, rep, it would just be the just automatic. Quali- well, the automatic qualifier from the conference the could standings? just be who won the league. Yeah. But I'm not. I'm not sure about all those leagues on on who's doing what. So interesting. Because okay. normally ESPN is promoting Championship Week pretty heavily. Oh right,
0: and then and you and go on their
1: website and there's a link you can see all the games. It's not there. So
0: and and they're usually showing wall to wall semifinal mm-hmm. or championship games it, of some. The, random the league. Horizon
1: League quarterfinals on ESPN Plus. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not seeing any of that. So I'm not sure exactly what's going on with okay. some of those schools. All right, but
0: interesting. Because, like I said, I, I really like seeing those guys celebrate, even though you know they know the reward is a 16 or a 15 seed to go against up one of the Blue Bloods and get their brains beat in. But that doesn't stop them from being happy just to get there. For sure. You know? And that, sure. that, I think, is one of the cool things about – um, about the whole sport,
1: it was cool to see my uh, former coach Nate Oates win the SEC title his first year at Alabama. Sure, first year, first time in like a decade they had won that outright. That's so awesome. yeah, that was pretty cool. All
0: right, um right, let's uh, get to some. Circle back to some baseball. when I mean, we talked about spring training. It's interesting how the Brewers, like we talked about Robertson and then Vogelback at the corners, and then. You know Rco or uh, Urias at shortstop, and then here at second, and we were just so despondent. And then they got a couple of of moves made with Colton Wong to second base, and then moving Hira to first, and then third base with Shaw with an you know minor league invite. And now they're going to put Urias there. It's like that infield has gone from like dilapidated and like oh my god, this is going to be a disaster. To now, if some of these guys can do all right, you're going kind of like. Okay. Okay, we can do that this year, you know? Mm-hmm. It just seemed like there was a very quick 180 degree shift with a couple of moves where you're kind of you were really maybe worried about what's going to happen to Okay, this is doable.
1: Well, they saw what we saw. <laughs> they saw the same holes that we saw and we've been seeing for the last however many months. Right. Um I thought council's comments yesterday, I believe, um about Arcia and Urias and giving Urias, really, from the sounds of it, it's his shortstop spot to lose. Um, Arcia is probably going to get moved to third, and Which it says weird. Shaw was going to be in the mix for opportunities to play.
0: Which was weird because yesterday I think Urias was at third base during their game.
1: I, I find that whole idea interesting. I, uh, you know, and and to be fair, we really haven't seen much of Urias and we really didn't get to see him at what probably is his best. Because he hurt himself. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt there. But the Brewers, I think, think he's a multiple time all star.
0: Well, that's uh, but like you said, I don't see that he was hurt. And then Arceus played spectacularly so when he came back you couldn't just yank arcia well look
1: arcia has got his flaws there's no doubt about it for sure but he has improved slowly but steadily he has come up clutch in big huge pennant winning and playoff situations he took a pay cut this offseason to stay with the brewers and you're going to put him at third, and I heard one of the reasoning for it was, well, he has a stronger arm than Urias. Well, that's fine, but you always put your best guy at short. Your best your best athlete, your best infielder, the guy that covers the most ground, Correct. you put him at short. And, you know, maybe the justification for this is going to be, well, the Brewers shift like crazy idiots anyway <laughs> on every batter. So it really doesn't matter right. where you're – If it's 3B or SS next to you in the lineup, maybe it doesn't matter because half the time he's going to be standing at the shortstop position anyway.
0: Way off the line. But
1: I'm a little concerned that that left side of the infield, regardless of which spot they're playing in, could be a very, very light-hitting infield. Absolutely. And, you know, Colton Long is a good player, but he's never been – he's not a 25-homer guy. He's not a 45-double guy. He's just a contact hitter.
0: That's why he's in the leadoff spot with St. Louis more often than not. So,
1: you know, it remains to be seen what you're going to get power-wise out of Urias. Um, But, I don't know. I I feel a little bit for Arcia because, you know, shortstop, quarterback, and point guard, there's kind of a little bit of a a dick-measuring thing there. It's an ego thing to play those positions. Mm -hmm. You know, quarterback of the Cowboys, shortstop of the Yankees, point guard for the Knicks, Those are kind of like, oh, if you have those spots, you're the man. Um, So I'm sure it's a little bit of a tough pill to swallow to to lose your spot when you really didn't lose it. It kind of got given to somebody else. And, you know, I've made the argument that from the outside looking in, it can be construed that we traded a gold glove outfielder and a quality starting pitcher in Grisham and Davies. For Urias, who underachieved, and a pitcher in Lauer with a bum shoulder, who was awful last year, so maybe you're trying to justify your trade a little bit by pushing him into that spot.
0: I love when managers do that. I
1: think that the Brewers would say, "No, we're we're trying to win." Yada yada yada. I. It remains to be seen. It's hard. Like I said, it's hard to judge the kid on what we have seen. But um, I guess I personally would like to see a little bit more before he's just given that spot.
0: I, I mean, I think you put it very succinctly. What You know, if you're him, you're probably thinking, what do I got to do for you assholes mm-hmm. to just stay out here and keep the job that I did very, very well when your boy got hurt and I held it down?
1: And maybe Arcia is a guy that can handle this. Maybe it won't affect his mood or the chemistry or any of that. Maybe he just wants to play. Maybe. Yeah.
0: No, I don't know. Um, you had mentioned before we went on when we were talking about the Brewers that you know you thought that they that the rotation might be a little bit better um, than than advertised um, when you've got uh, Woody Burns at the top. And then you're kind of filling in with Lynn Bloom, provided he doesn't have, you know, as you call him, King Blister. Um, You've got Anderson and then Hauser, and then if Lauer can rebound on the back end. um, It's a potential
1: six man rotation. Yeah. Which I think we're going to see a lot early on. Yeah? Yeah. Um, I think that um, you're going to see a lot of three, four inning starts, um, 150 or less innings for these guys this year because they're going to baby him because they're going to tell you that last year screwed everybody up and they can't throw this year. Yeah, but this has kind of been their M.O. for the last couple of years. Yeah,
0: You know, give me a couple of good innings, and then we're going to go to the bullpen and and fill with some
1: guys. Today after the game, they they pitched Rasmussen three innings today, and I think he got up to like 38 pitches or something like that. And Council said after the game, they're going to try to stretch him out and kind of try to turn him into the right-handed, hard-throwing Brent Suter. Okay. So that's where I'm saying, you know, you can you can start Lindblom, and if he only goes two and two-thirds, fine. You bring in Rasmussen for two and two-thirds, or you bring in Suter for two and two-thirds, and then now it's the sixth inning, and we can get into the Devin Williams hater, right. however and they figure out they're going stuff. to close. Yeah, right. um, but, yeah, I, I think that, I don't think you're going to see Woodruff and Burns in a lot of Cy Young conversations this year, even if their numbers, win-loss, and ERA are good because, because I think their good. innings are going to be right. low.
0: you got to pitch a certain amount of innings to be in that conversation. Yeah,
1: but I, I I do like the depth. You know, if to have, you know, these six guys plus a suitor that can potentially get you five innings and a start, four or five innings of, of quality pitching, that's nice. And, um, you know... Uh, it's it's a depth that they've rarely had. They don't really have the top end guys. Where they're to me, you know, Woodruff and Burns are nice. They're not. They're not Gallardo and Granke. They're right. not Sheets and Sabathia. Oh my god. So this is still a little bit of a patchwork rotation. But you know, you hope that between the six or seven of them that are gonna start, we haven't even talked about Peralta yet. I don't even know what they, exactly they're going to do with him. They, they may try to stretch him out. At they some didn't point. know
0: that either from council's comments the other day. So
1: you've got a lot. You've, you've got a lot of guys, and I absolutely despise the word. They have a lot of out getters, as the Brewers like to call them. But that's really what these guys are. They've really only got two legitimate starters, in my opinion. And it's what and birds. birds yeah. Everybody else is just throw them in there and hope that you can get through the fourth. Well. So as
0: long as they do better than Jeff Soupon, I am I am fine. That well, is, just hope
1: that that's... Colton Long isn't Jeff Soupon, and you know, like we were talking about teams and with NFL offensive linemen. Right. When the Cardinals let a guy go, there's usually a pretty good reason why. I mean, they let Pujols go. Right. That's because they knew he wasn't really thirty-one; he was sixty. <laughs> that came out the other day. Somebody, a former Marlins executive that was on the Lebittard show, said, "Oh yeah, Pujols is not forty-one. We everybody in Major League Baseball knows that his age is fudged.
0: That's awesome. Everybody knows
1: that. That's the guy said one of the reasons why the Marlins didn't give him more money in more years is because knew they knew his last three or four years, which has been, which is born out in in Anaheim." Pretty relevant non-factor.
0: I want to go take a look now on like Baseball Reference and and, and just go check his numbers because I, th- I think he still
1: pops some homers. And now, but
0: but he's on the West Coast. We don't hear about him no. because he's not in the division anymore, right? You know? he, he's
1: still going to pop his twenty to twenty-five home runs because he's a giant of a person, right? But yeah, it was kind of funny to like, yeah, he's not forty-one. He's probably forty-five or forty-six. Wow, and that's not unprecedented. A lot no, of those you hear about that. A lot of stuff. those Dominican guys. Yeah fudge that because it works with their drafting and right. so but interesting it kind of backs up a theory I always had where that dude was not 20 when they brought him up <laughs> it's like you know it's yep. like some of these guys we played Little League with that had mustaches oh my god it's like I've that st- dude's 12 I can still Are remember you sure? a couple
0: of those guys while I'm a just a Teeny ten-year-old quaking <laughs> in my little low tops while this dude's ready, who's supposedly twelve, ready to throw one down my ear. Yeah, he, the dude's in his
1: windup, and you're already stepping towards third base.
0: Absolutely, get me the <laughs> fuck out of here! Just bailing out. What are you out. talking about? Um, April first is opening day. We'll continue to talk Brewers. Uh, I'd if, like to talk if if a next little next bit
1: month. more Brewers on this podcast this okay. summer. I just, you know, last last year was just kind of such a downer, right? You know. I'd like to get back into it, like in eighteen and nineteen. Those were some; those were fun years. Yeah.
0: No. Well. Well. Hopefully, they give us some stuff to talk about. Yeah. Um. Just a couple of notes. Some former Brewers. <laughs> uh, Geo signs with the Cubs. Geo Gonzalez. He or, or for for with the Marlins. He said he wanted to play in Miami. Yep. Which, I don't know who says that.
1: A Cuban guy.
0: That's about it. Yeah. Community, sure. That's absolutely. About, that's that's sure. all that is. Yep. Um, and then the Cubs <laughs> signed Eric Sogar, oh, which I man. just kind of giggled about. I was almost going to send out a tweet today about from um from Moneyball because he gets on base.
1: Well, Jesse Rogers, which is uh, one of the Cub reporters, yeah. yep. so he put something out about them signing and how it was, you know, a, a decent. A decent, low-money pickup. Okay. And I saw a couple of Brewer fans just tweet, if you had seen him play for the last two years on the, on the Brewers, you would not be saying the same thing.
0: So Probably agree.
1: But you know what? I said this when the, when the Cubs got Zach Davies. Zach Davies will beat the Brewers twice this year. And Eric Sogard will have a big hit at least once against the Brewers that wins the Cubs the game. That's just how this shit works. <laughs> That's sports, man. The guys that you think suck and that you hate that were on your team, will they will come back and bite you. you. Yes. They will.
0: All right. Um, that will pretty much about do it. You got to I mean, our basketball season is done. We're we wrapped done. up at yep. the end of last week. The Boys State Tournament um, starts on Thursday. I'm kind of curious to see uh, how that goes. They did the, the girls' tournament very well between the lacrosse center and – I thought it was going to be at UW Oshkosh, but it's not. It's at the Bucks G League team where they have the old Mecca floor, which
1: in nowadays it's a, HD, it's, a, it's not the actual old one. It's a replica of the old floor. But you can see the M and, oh, yeah. and the
0: color scheme. And, like, at first glance, I had to, like, kind of squint my eyes because all that yellow and the shades of it was very overpowering. It didn't diminish the cool factor from the old schoolness. But it was just, it was a little much, but they're going to try to pull that off again. I
1: saw a lot of people say it was actually, it was a better venue than going to Green Bay.
0: Yeah, for, for, for the Rush for, Center. For, for
1: the Rush Center, because it was just so much more intimate. It's a smaller arena. Well,
0: not only that, but it's also built for NBA-ers.
1: Well, and Well, but the girls, you know, let's just face it. The girls' state tournament doesn't draw, doesn't like, draw the like the boys do, so they don't need a... Twelve or fifteen thousand seat arena, they need like a five thousand right. or a seven thousand, where it's a lot more intimate. You can pack people in there when we're able to do that again, and it's loud. Mm-hmm. You know, you watch some of those state girls tournaments in Green Bay, and it's like, they're, it's like they're playing out in the middle of nowhere. So
0: I, I, I always love the the state championships at Camp Randall for football, where well, the stadium's like five percent full. They just show a bunch of empty stands, and there's just like two sections of a pocket. Of, like, the band and then the fans. It's like, really? You couldn't have done this at, like, Perkins Stadium or something like that? Right. You had to come to Camp Randall, which, again. It's cool.
1: I mean, that's where you want to play if you're the kid.
0: Absolutely you want to play where the Badgers play, but do you think you could downsize a little bit?
1: Mm-hmm. Probably. Well, but, if yeah. if anybody's planning on watching any of the boys' state tournaments, I'm going to try and I, catch a lot of it. I would urge you to watch Friday. Okay. Watch Racine St. Cats. Um, they've got two guards that are both D1. One of them's going to Iowa State. I can't remember where the other one's going. And then Lake County Lutheran, they have this kid, I think his last name's like Podazimski or something, uh, like a six five left-handed kid, getting recruited pretty much by everybody. I think his final five was Kentucky, Vanderbilt, Wake Forest, Miami, and Illinois. So some some big-time schools going after this kid. He was getting recruited by Kansas, but they didn't make his top five. Um, But those are the guys I want to watch. D1 will be, you know, there's always going to be good teams. Um, They don't really have the individual star power. You know, Patrick Baldwin didn't make it from Sussex. Um, But, um, you know, I would be very surprised if Kimberly doesn't kind of walk through that.
0: Even past Tosa East. Okay. Yeah,
1: I mean Kimberly is kind of dominated at sports in here in the last decade. Well, that's true. I mean Tulsa East I think will will put up a good fight, but uh, DeForest who we saw beat Parker the other night and then they somehow won the sectional final game. I think they're gonna get stomped by Kimberly. Yes. I think that's a twenty pointer yeah.
0: Okay. Well I will watch that with interest. Yeah. Absolutely. I didn't have a
1: problem really with the DeForest kids like I did the Monona Grove kids, but yeah. I you know, we just felt bad for the way that one ended. Absolutely. So. Um you so uh, are you done
0: uploading stuff for your Janesville Craig Hoops classics now?
1: Yeah, I'm done for now. Okay um unless I can find a couple other games somewhere somehow. Um but uh yeah, I just wanted to thank everybody that viewed. I had I think over a thousand views on that That's thing, awesome. which is pretty cool. Um, Some of the games that were viewed and were not viewed was kind of interesting. I mean, the Parker and the Beloit games got tons of views. Um, Some of the better games that weren't those teams didn't get as much. I mean, the game my senior year against Madison West, which people still talk to me about, it only had like 10 or 12 views on it, so I found that kind of strange, Mm -hmm. but... Uh, basketball season winding down here. Maybe that might yeah. have had a little something to do with people it. People
0: also love their regional stuff. They do, know, no matter who it, mm-hmm. you know, who it features and what year it was. Yeah, because I like got that.
1: a couple of people that actually sent me messages asking me about. Do you have any Craig Beloit from like '94? <laughs> and I'm like, no, I, I don't.
0: No, I was in middle school.
1: Well, I mean, I have stuff from that era, but I just don't have that. So, right. um, you know, I don't know how much of that stuff Coach Suter has kept. Sure, I don't know how deep his archives are, or or any of that. I mean, I suppose I could ask him. But
0: you got a copy of his scouting from the scouting reports. Well, I mean, that I got some, me some, some of
1: some of my games I got from him. Yeah. you know that weren't the ones that were just game tapes. I got from him, but I got them like twenty years ago. Right. You know, so I don't know if he hangs on to any of that stuff. Right. Probably, I mean, I can't imagine that he would. There'd be a lot of tapes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm sure his wife would be like, get the shit out of here. Oh, you're going to give all these
0: boxes to Dan? Can I help? Yeah, right. Absolutely. I don't even want all that stuff.
1: (laughs) I don't want to watch some of these jabrons.
0: All right. That is the uh, intentional foul for this week. Covered a lot for just a couple pages of notes. We got a good hour 20 out of that. So thank you for uh, listening, downloading, subscribing. We encourage you to do uh, all those things in the future. And, of course... We remind you to uh, tell your friends. Provided there's some stuff to talk about, we'll probably be back next week with uh, with another episode. Yeah, and
1: I, we got to try to figure out something to do for the tournament. All right. You know, maybe I'll. I don't know. I don't know that we can do a bracket. I think that might be a little hard. But right. Um, maybe we'll do something where I'll I'll come up with a grouping of games if right. you know that are kind of sure. interesting. Maybe if you want to bet on or something, we can look into that
0: so. like that. So yeah. that's
1: that's coming up as uh, we roll towards. Because I'll be taking my typical weekend sabbatical. off of, of work. And to sit around here and watch games and get drunk. So it's a, it's a tra- it's like the Masters. It's a tradition unlike any other. I've been skipping school and work. <laughs> To watch state tournament and NCAA basketball on the third weekend of March since I was eight,
0: Better keep and it going ain't ahead.
1: it ain't gonna stop. That and opening day with my dad; those are two things that just end of March, early April. You know where to find me. That will
0: do it. Until next time, I'm Josh. I'm Dan. We will talk to you then. Go Bucks.